Welcome to Chaotic Harmony. My name is John. This is Crystal. I'm Mark. I'm Zoe. We talk about the joys and the challenges of teaching music in the elementary school classroom. We share inspiration. We share struggles. We brainstorm solutions. We would love to have you join us. Welcome to a new year of Chaotic Harmony. Yeah. Yay. Yay. And we're so thrilled to have not just the four of us here, but Maya Diaz. Maya. Yay. Yay. Thank you all for having me here today. Thanks for coming. Uh, Maya is, uh, we're thrilled to have her because she's one of the original music teachers of Chula Vista Elementary School District's revitalization. So she's been here. One of the longest. Mm-hmm. How long have you been working uh, with I'm the district? Actually, it's my sixth year teaching here in the okay. district. So, and you started out with the long, but started with the youth symphony. Yes, coming in. Okay, yes. and you were just telling us that you founded a rather extraordinary number of these programs. How many did you pilot? I actually taught four of the pilot programs. Um, mm-hmm. One at Harborside Elementary and at Rice Elementary and Hilltop and Casillas. Wow. Yeah. wow. Four schools. Yes. And they all have uh, full-time music teachers they now. Do. now. Yeah. They do. That's so yes. cool. So well done, friend. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Sown the seeds. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So I'm just really excited to have you and to, to hear more of your backstory because I don't know anything. Who? So, who like, are you? Yeah, who are you? What are you I doing in this house? We know you, but we don't know you. I know. Ooh. It's well, true. So background check. Yeah, tell us about real. yourself. Tell us tell us about yourself. I mean, we can kind of look at it through like the music lens or whatever you want to say, but how did my ideas grow up? Well, uh, I'm Maya. And Hi, Maya. Hi, Maya. As I mentioned, it's my sixth year teaching in the district. Right now, I'm a general and instrumental music teacher at Palomar Elementary School. Uh, I was teaching full-time until about recently. I'm teaching part-time to spend a little bit more time with family um, because I just had a daughter. Well, she's almost two. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm hoping to get back into full-time soon, I hope. But um, I guess things started with the Youth Symphony. Um, I was actually a teaching artist there for a few years before we kind of segued into the district. And Hmm. um, I started with the Youth Symphony in about 2011. I think you guys mentioned Emmanuel Soto several times. He's actually the one who who contacted me and said, hey, the Youth Symphony is looking for some violin teachers. And I just graduated from SDSU with my uh, bachelor's in music ed. So this was my first real teaching job. And it was rough. Yeah. (laughs) Was it with the Opus program? Yes. Okay, so after school stuff? After school. um, So I was teaching, I was actually the lead teaching artist at Harborside and Rice. Um, It was the Community Opus Project's second year. Um, And things were going pretty quickly. You know, we had a lot of growing pains with that and just kind of navigating how to bring music back to these pretty, um, I guess, high-risk population of students Mm -hmm. um that was really tricky but Mm -hmm. i had some really great colleagues that i've worked with um i taught alongside christina pacheco and uh uh, abe liebhaber Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who's a great cello teacher so um what was tough about it just it was tough you know it Mm -hmm. wasn't the tough parts were actually not about teaching music Mm -hmm. it was a lot of of uh, behavior management. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you know, coaxing kids out from under the tables. We had a lot of, mm-hmm. I was working with a lot of students who had experienced trauma and, mm-hmm. and uh, it made it really difficult to structure uh, instruction time with the students. And yeah. I found that I was actually spending a lot of time dealing with behavior mm-hmm. than um, really getting into teaching violin and, so that was kind of rough, but I, yeah. I learned so much from that experience, but it really, it, that was the first time where I felt like, am I, did I make the right choice? Yeah. <laughs> oh, in a career? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. this was not what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. It was much harder. And it was just after school. Yeah. Twice a week, uh, each school site met twice a week for two hours. How many kids did you have in your class? Um, I think we maxed out at... Gosh, between 20 and 30. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And, wow, you know, just you in there? Oh, uh, well, I was co-teaching, so okay. Uh, okay. yeah, okay. there was always someone else with me, and we would kind of either split um, instructional time or one of us would take um, sectionals or things like that. I mean, I know that's what we have like on a given day, but that surprised me for a second for an after-school program. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the the need was so great, and there was yeah. a lot of interest, and we didn't want to turn any students away, but we did have mm-hmm. to cap it because at the time, um, SDYS was trying to figure out how we're going to acquire all these instruments. Sure. I mean, yeah. like like uh, mm-hmm. you guys mentioned in episode zero, uh, Lauren Shelton mentioned we went from seventy five students to about two hundred and fifty. Yeah, yeah, and um, in the second year, yeah, uh-huh. and so we didn't have all the instruments that we needed right away, so the students actually. Uh, made paper instruments. Wow. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. So we had that for maybe about two months until the instruments finally came. So, right. so it was rough. Right. Oh my yeah. goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, paper mache violins. There we mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. I'm like getting goosebumps though because like you're talking about the very beginning and oh, I yeah. like, but some of those students from, I know a couple from Lauterbach and Rice that are like juniors and seniors in high school now yes. and are amazing musicians that are like, traveling all over the country that are just doing incredible things it's, it's like all ride scholarships yes oh, mm-hmm. yeah so cool. it's so amazing and and i know you work with the yandel sisters yeah and they were in my program at rice for while i was still there so oh. i'm just wow yeah it's amazing how far it's come oh my goodness mm-hmm. So um, you had mentioned, I just want to pick your brain a little bit about classroom management, because I know for me, that's something I'm always looking to try to improve on. Mm -hmm. Uh, What were some things that you tried, that you learned, that you may have stolen from colleagues? Because I imagine a first year teacher with a second year program with 30 kids, like brand new to instruments, like there are just a lot of things that could go (laughs) one way or another. Yes. And so like, what did you find that worked or what were things that you would want to try now that you know? Uh, I think I tried too many things at once. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't really have, I don't know, enough experience to know which things I should be using. And it, what made it easier was really just getting to know the students and finding out what their needs were first. Mm-hmm. So I came in with all these ideas and then, mm-hmm. you know, barely any of it, any of it worked because it wasn't catered to this specific group of students. Mm-hmm. So things got a lot easier once I got to know them a bit better. Um you know, we had things like uh, um, pocket charts and and you, uh, things that I'd seen before that mm-hmm. didn't really work. I mean, mm-hmm. it was an after-school program. These kids had gone through a whole day sure. of academic instruction. They were tired. Yeah, after-school um, restraint collapse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's so, a thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but a lot of it was just what really worked was 
talking to the students individually if someone was having an issue. Mm-hmm. But I think just building that relationship, that's the number one thing I found that works the most. And, mm. you know, you'll have your, your expectations and things posted and you hold them to it. But um, as we know, certain students need a little bit more. Yeah. And you don't know until you really get to know them. So just building relationships. I think yeah. that's what really worked for mm-hmm. me. I remember being completely overwhelmed uh, the first time I had to teach any new instrument or any new thing, just at the things that you don't think about that you have to teach. Like, like you can't pick a violin up by the strings. You know what I mean? Like, yes. <laughs> it's like you, you just have to backpedal with, with yeah. a kid who's never seen an instrument no, before. That's not how you pick it up. That's not how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Zoe, can, can, can you confirm that? <laughs> And it's like, not only Confirmed. do I have to get you out from under the table and convince you that I'm a safe grown-up. Yes. Um, and you can trust me, but I have to teach you how to, like, hold this thing so that it doesn't, so this $800 instrument doesn't go crashing to the ground that yes. we wrote a grant for. And I poured blood, sweat, and tears into putting into your hands. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's difficult. It um, is. But, you know, I've read a lot of quotes and things that people have said, like, well, if you can't teach them today you can at least love them today Mm. and we can try again tomorrow Mm. but i find that's a lot of what my students need i mean in my current position i do work with a lot of students that have experienced trauma Mm -hmm. so that experience from uh years ago in opus it still rings true today that building those relationships i'm going to ask this student to do something on an instrument Mm -hmm. but first we have to build that trust Mm -hmm. that relationship like this is a safe place i'm here to help mm-hmm. not just musically but you know whenever you need it mm-hmm. like, this is a safe place so mm-hmm. yeah i've heard from friends that in order to, like to get to people to try something like completely brand new they need lots of nudges and so i think the number was like 20 or 25 like just 20 mm-hmm. 25 nudges into whatever it is that you want that person to do and then they might be open to doing it and so it's just kind of like that what you said if you can't teach them today you can love them today it's just like that's just mm-hmm. one of those little nudges of like okay yeah. we'll get there and so. being consistent too, it's right, like yeah. you know, yeah. just sure. keep keep trying, and hopefully after twenty nudges, yeah. uh, the twenty first will be it. Yeah, <laughs> dude. But like, if we're only seeing kids once a week, that's half the it, school year. Yeah, totally. Year. And that's that's a that's a good way to frame it, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that's how it yeah. is. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've you know, I we have the um, ability to see our students year after year, mm-hmm. and sure. sometimes it takes a year yes. to really get to that student. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's that consistency right. that really helps. I have a student like that. Um, he, last year, he was a fourth grader, and this year he's a fifth grader. And last year, there's a lot of problems, just behaviorally. He was uninterested. He just wanted to sit and draw on the back. Um, and so I don't know what's happened, but this year it's a complete 180. He's one of my most engaged students. Like, he's super into learning. He's in my band. He's learning saxophone. And, like, he's just open and just like a sponge. And it was just one of those things where you just keep nudging and you yeah. keep hoping, like, yeah. all right, well, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the next year, just completely different student. I wouldn't have ever, like, if you had compared the two, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have thought it was the same kid. Mm-hmm. Do, you have, do you have somebody that stands out in your mind that turned a corner for you? I think. That made you come back for year two. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, as far as Opus goes, I mean, that was a long mm-hmm. time ago. There were I there know. were a lot of students that, um, you know, they still showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, they, if they were willing to keep showing up, I wanted to keep showing up for them. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I toughed it out. But I'll admit there were times that I'd have to prep myself in my car, sometimes with tears, sometimes mm-hmm. without. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, 
But after you get that out, you I go think we and need to talk thing. more about car crying, especially yeah. the first couple of years of teaching. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's totally gotta is. do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the time of year that a lot of I've been talking to three first year teachers who are just mm-hmm. kind of down in the dumps right now. Like mm-hmm. they're they're in that place that you yeah. were just talking about. Like this is not what I thought it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. But I know that if they tough it out for another semester, hope is around the corner yes. in about two months. Um so I'm just wondering, like what what helped pull you through and keep you going? I guess I just really had a strong desire to help these students or Mm -hmm. just I felt like I could do something Mm -hmm. and if nobody else was going to do it who was going to do it Mm -hmm. who better than me I suppose Mm -hmm. and I just I just thought I I had to do it like it was calling to me it was difficult you know but um yeah, I think uh, I talked a lot with my husband about it and, you know, my uncertainties. And mm-hmm. he really kind of helped um, help guide my thoughts and say, it's going to be okay. Like, you're here for a reason. So that was really helpful to mm-hmm. just kind of talk about it. But there weren't mm-hmm. a lot of us at the time. And mm-hmm. because we were all at different sites, there were, you know, we didn't have didn't the community. Yeah. 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 And even now, it's still kind of the same that we usually only see each other during uh, our teacher meetings. And, mm-hmm. Once and, a month. Yeah, once Ooh. a month. Um, but just kind of keeping in contact with other teachers and just knowing that we're all experiencing the same kinds of issues and Mm -hmm. that, that really helps bring it all back. Like it's going to be okay. Yeah. Maya, thanks for like hanging in there and being perseverant because that's just so inspirational to me to hear like that, that part of the story. And yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about so many students now that have gotten to um like ovation and the youth symphony like what what a journey and you were there from the beginning so thank you thank you for for you know uh got to pass the the baton on to some really great (laughs) teaching artists who kept it going (laughs) yeah so yeah your turn can I backtrack a little bit? Sure. Um, what's your primary instrument? My primary instrument is violin. Okay. And I actually started uh, violin studies in fifth grade. Okay. Um, in school? In school, yeah. It was a pull-out program. Mrs. Beverly Tesh, my very first violin teacher, um, she actually still works in the San Diego Unified School District, okay. um, volunteering at my former junior high and high school. So oh, she's wow. um, she's still around, and it's great. Um occasionally I'll play with her in the Tefereth Israel Community Orchestra because mm-hmm. she'll invite me back. She's a member of that and has been for a very long time. So, um, so you're a San Diego girl. Yeah. yeah. So I, I didn't actually grow up in Chula Vista. Moved mm-hmm. down to Chula Vista about 10 years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. A little over 10 years ago. So working in this new district was... Uh, it was different, it's but different. I yeah. found not, yeah. not so different from the schools that I went to, actually. So... But different you, and not at the same but time. But you grew up in San Diego then? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. a lot of us came from all over. Yeah. Did Which you, is kind of cool. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Did you have elementary music? Uh, so I didn't have general music. My mm-hmm. first musical experience was really in fifth grade. Okay. When Mrs. Tesh came in uh, to our auditorium with a bunch of instruments from trumpets. And then finally she brought out the violin. And, uh it was just the most amazing thing. I'll, I, wow. I, if I think about it, that's probably the first time I've ever heard a violin wow. live. Really? Yeah. For the first, yeah. Okay. Well, sense. my family moved around a lot because my dad was in the Navy. Sure, okay. So I didn't actually settle into a school until I was about third grade. And that was okay. in San Diego. So, um, yeah, we 
we didn't really I didn't really have musical experiences at school however mm-hmm. my mom does sing and play guitar so I mean I've been exposed to music since I was a young kid sure um, but yeah the violin was the one that got me mm-hmm. and yeah. I went home and I said hey mom and dad can I can I learn how to play the violin and they they actually brought me to a, a local music store and they got me a violin it was a rent to own program but mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I was just amazed that they were like, yeah, let's go get you an instrument. Cool. Like, That's really? Awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. They're so I have them to thank for that support. Just being like, yeah, let's do it. Because mm-hmm. it's pretty much how everything started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know for a really while that you wanted to be in music education? Like, when did that flip? Ooh. You know, I didn't actually, I was undeclared for quite some time, to okay. be honest. Okay. No College was a little yeah. rough. Yeah. No College. <laughs> College was rough. Um, when I started at SDSU, I was actually undeclared for a couple of years. Um, I even took a, a couple semesters off after that because I just didn't really know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew I wanted to um, help people somehow, and I knew I, I loved music. So, I mean, it just kind of made sense that, hey, let's put two and two together. Mm-hmm. And luckily, SDSU had a, um, a music ed program, and I auditioned, whew, and I got in. <laughs> And, you know, it was a great experience. Um, and that's kind of how that took off. Yeah. It just kind of fell together, I guess. Yeah. I don't I know. know. I love that you took time and, like, you didn't rush into a major that you would later regret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think with in- incoming co- uh, college freshmen and stuff, there's all this pressure of, like, you need to have a major, you need to know what you do. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do it in the four years, like, you failed. Yeah. But the fact that you've been able to, you took time off, you gathered your thoughts, you figured out what you wanted to do, and now I I think you're a great music teacher and, like, you're doing a wonderful job. You've started programs and you have kids who are just excelling. Like, that's that's great that you took that time and really just... Uh, to figure out what you wanted to do. So, mm-hmm. I thank you. For that. Yeah. It's really nice to hear that because, you know, at the time we're like, well, everybody's graduating right, right. and I'm still trying to figure it yeah. out. Is this the right path? The pressures <laughs> of just getting it done. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. But just taking your time to do mm-hmm. what you feel called to do. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's more important than getting it done in four years and having a degree by 22. Yeah. Having a paper, yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to share, like um, like a story that sticks out or a teacher that you want to give a shout out to? Nuggets of wisdom. Yeah. Funny kid quote. Those are always good. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, this year especially, and I don't know if it's because I'm, well, I've always been part-time because when I actually first started at the district, I was teaching at two schools. So I was doing the whole two days here and then two days at the other school, and then that Friday was kind of rotating. Yeah. It was really funky. Oh, man. Um, but this year especially, I just have a lot of students who keep coming into my room on their free time. And since I'm only there twice a week, it's like, I can't say no. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm in here anyway, guys. But I just keep hearing, this is my happy place. And, oh. like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, me too. Me too. It totally is. And sometimes I'll take time to just play along with my students while they're in there practicing. like Because mm-hmm. it's, it's good for me too. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. We need that time to just play, not on a, not as a teacher, but just as a musician. Mm-hmm. You know? And with your students. I think that's right, pretty yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to get caught up in the the I have to get all these things done yeah. mindset. Yeah. So like taking time to remember that you know this is about joy and play. Yes. First, I know it's it's hard, mm-hmm. but you know if you think about it, all those other things they're always going to be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Never ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It never does. And I was talking to a general classroom teacher about this about how um, 
you know, you can you can keep yourself at work until 10 o'clock at night. But, um, you know, she was saying as a second grade teacher, you know, the teachers who stay until seven every night don't have any higher test scores than the teachers who leave at four. <laughs> and yeah, I know. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, well, and I I could probably make the same argument for the, the quality of the music program, yep. you know, that I could build. It's like there's always going to be things to do. But balance is a thing. Mm-hmm. How have you navigated that now that you've got your daughter and and you've got your family you know it's been it's been rough i'm still learning and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still learning honestly i mean i will say that when i first started in the district you know i was really ramped up I'm like this this is it i'm mm-hmm. finally mm-hmm. a certified music teacher and uh-huh. i'm gonna do this but then you know i just i um i experienced some personal loss and ever since then i'll, I'll be honest i think um, my first year teaching was actually the first year that I was physically there the entire year because okay. mm-hmm. of some uh, the following years I had some surgeries so I'd, I'd been out every single year for at least four weeks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. since then so I think the sixth year will probably be the first year since then that I've been that I'll be at that school site for like the entire mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. Yeah. so it's been kind of rough um, kind of growing my programs or just feeling like it's growing because mm-hmm. When you're not physically there, it just kind of takes its toll, right. I guess. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. yeah, if you think about that, I'm like, that's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be only four to six weeks at a time, sometimes longer, because after I had uh, my baby, I did, you know, have a maternity leave and a yeah. child bonding leave, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So, and I took that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just knowing when to take that time and be okay with it and accept yeah. that, that that's okay. Yeah. But it's still, it's still hard you know, it to make hard. that decision. Like, uh, you never really know if you're making the right decision, but I just try to follow what I'm feeling. And if it feels right, I, you know, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, when it comes to my kids, I always think like, there are some things you don't get back yeah and totally. so if it's between work and family family wins yeah every time no, we're talking about your actual kids not yeah. your students kids yeah i'm talking about my biological gotcha. children <laughs> but i mean and and my my student kids you know they're 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 part of my heart too mm-hmm. and i worry about them but also like they i'm with them 100 percent when i'm physically with them and then i mm-hmm. have to leave their burdens at work yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's exactly it it's just mm-hmm. being fully present when you with the time that you have with mm-hmm. them i think yeah. that's the way that i make it feel like it's balanced is that yeah i just try to be 100 percent present whenever i can or at least the most present that i can be anytime that i'm with my students mm-hmm. and the same with my family and mm-hmm. it feels balanced i mean I don't know what it looks like yeah. on the outside. Oh, it doesn't matter if it feels balanced to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I mean, it, it doesn't help that I'm I'm teaching part-time right now, but those days off are not days off. No, they're not. No, you're you're working. Ooh. You're working at least full-time jo- three full-time jobs right now with all the stuff <laughs> you've got going on. Yeah. Do you have like like moments that you intentionally do those check-ins or is it kind of like a like a daily thing or a... You know, I think that's something that I, I should be doing more. I don't check in with myself as often and it kind of hmm. just builds up. But I think mm-hmm. that's the, the nine in me, you know, to ignore those <laughs> signs. <laughs> oh yeah, I totally love it. Thanks, John, for, for um, introducing me to that. No it problem. just has been such... I guess a lifesaver, at least in the last year, like mm-hmm. since since I've. Come oh, I love on knowing it. that you're a nine. Aww, that's <laughs> I, why I we all love denial. you. <laughs> I was in denial for a while after reading. Like, I'm, 
But if I really thought about it, which I, I did a lot, actually, mm-hmm. I could see all of the nineness in me. The nine is the peacemaker. I had to accept that. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what helped me persevere through all those things, too. It's like, I know that I know that, that was important. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know. But yeah. I'm glad I did persevere because now we're all here. Yeah, I know. And I get to work with such amazing people here in Chula Vista. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You yeah. said just a moment ago, Maya, um, sorry to bring it back, um, that when you're with your students to be fully present with your students. And I just, I love that because it's it's so simple and like, it's like, duh. But to be fully present isn't worrying about that next class. It's not yes. worrying about, yeah. is my principal going to walk in right now? You know, it's it's worrying about those 20 to 30 kids who are in your room and their well-being. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's super important. I know for me, when I go throughout my teaching day, I do worry about other things. I do. I'm thinking about the next class. I'm thinking about, okay, how can I make this transition better? And things do slip through the cracks. And mm. I've, yeah. I've missed opportunities with students where I could encourage them or I could do something and, and be a better teacher for that student. And I've missed it because I wasn't fully present. So thank you for that. Like, I, I'm going to take that back to my room. I think also yeah. jumping back to the earlier point about on classroom management, that step being present, not thinking about the program as a whole, but each child just mm-hmm. thinking about they're here. Mm-hmm. I should give them just as much. I agree with you guys. Thumbs up. So I yeah, do. Totally. A, I do a word of the year every year, mm. and my word for 2020 is here. Um, because like in the past, I've always picked these like vision, like long term goal type things. Then and and I just read through the last few years, and I'm like, it just feels like so much striving. Mm. This year, I just want to be present, mm-hmm. like in my body, yes. with the people I'm with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it's yeah. it's hard, but it's hard. You find I find that uh, there's just more joy in mm-hmm. in the little things, just in everything. Mm-hmm. When you try to be present in that moment, um, you know a, a lot of those special moments happen organically in the classroom too. But mm-hmm. if you're not present, they don't you don't notice them or they just don't happen. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm finding that it's those little things that have really helped drive the way that I approach teaching in my classroom and mm-hmm. and um, and how I plan to at least continue building my programs and moving yeah. forward with it it's with uh, each individual in mind. I know it's rough, but you know you you I, I feel like after year six, I kind of have a handle on my students, at least sure. who they are, um, hopefully. Mm-hmm. At least I think I do, <laughs> for the most part. They keep changing it on us, so yeah. they, <laughs> they do. keep growing up. It's amazing, though. It's so it amazing is. to see them year after year. I know, and watch their lives unfold. Yeah. It's beautiful. It is. There's nothing like it. No. It's incredible. That's why we have the best job. We know? really do. Um, I was talking to somebody, and we were just talking about uh, a particular student, and they're challenging, like, and they're, they're, in, uh, they're in kindergarten. And someone had made a comment like, oh, well, like you're done after this year. And I thought like, well, I, I, I'll have them for seven more years mm-hmm. or six more years. Exactly. You know? But the great thing is I'll get to see how that student transforms. Yes. Exactly. And so uh, being at my site for this is my fifth year, my fourth graders I had since they were kindergartens. And I just stumbled upon a photo of them that their teacher gifted to me as like a thank Aww. you. And I was looking at the photo. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they were so little. Oh, and, like, they're just, they're little baby faces. But like they're among my more creative classes and yes. like mm-hmm. they're a class who I can try try things with and they respond well to it and mm-hmm. so it's Tell. it's cool like that we have that and that we get to we get that you know mm-hmm. those seven years if the, if the student sticks with the school yeah it just never ceases to amaze me the difference between a kindergartner and a sixth grader too it's like the yeah. amount of change that takes oh place while we're shepherding them through it's it's incredible 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, something I think about is that while they're growing and changing, so are we. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's like, it's like we're all so. growing together and mm-hmm. it's kind of, we're all taking this journey together and, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, hopefully I'm guiding you guys in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but believe me, I want to. So like, come with me on this journey yeah. here. Yeah. You know? yeah. We're partners. Yeah. 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 It's totally not like teacher students. Like we're all doing this together. Sure. Right. We're all trying to be better musicians, better people, right. you know? Yeah. Definitely. So on the topic of growing, year six teacher Maya, if you could give year one teacher Maya any advice, mm-hmm. whether it be in classroom management, musically, or just life advice, what would you give someone who's just kind of starting out their career? Reach out, keep going, because it's going to be okay. Great. That's Love solid. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. You could even fit that in a tweet. I love that. I know. Simplicity. Yeah. I mean, I, most things cup. simple Aww. work yeah. best. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, on a coffee cup. Can mm-hmm. put it on a coffee cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Say it one more time because I, I reach out. Mm. Oh, okay. That. Keep going. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Love it. That's great. Thanks, Thanks. so much, Maya. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Really yeah. appreciate you coming to share. I know that you brought something for later. I but did. before that, before that. Ooh, we have a hard right turn. So <laughs> uh, we really, really appreciate everyone who's been listening and viewing this podcast. It's been really helpful and awesome, just awesome to engage with you guys on Facebook or YouTube or wherever we have you. Um, to make this community uh, bigger and stronger, it would be really helpful if you go on iTunes and send us a review, send us your thoughts, be honest. Whether it's positive or negative, we accept all thoughts. And um, that will help us create a better podcast and also help us have a bit wider community for more visibility and whatnot. Also, it's stereotypical, but it does help. Like, subscribe, all the stuff, please. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And we will be back with Spicato after the break. I want to take a quick break and thank my husband, Brian, who's been working behind the scenes producing these episodes every week on all of the platforms and on time. But you need to know that he is first a financial planner for Mission Trails Financial. Mission Trails Financial is a partner that seeks to guide clients in the journey to financial success. They believe that people need a financial advisor that aims to provide strategies for success. Mission Trails Financial helps people navigate investments, tax planning, and insurance. Imagine working with an advisor who isn't tied to specific brands. Mission Trails Financial has a fiduciary responsibility to act in the best interests of their clients by providing independent, objective advice. Their mission is to help clients accomplish their financial goals. As Joe Vitale once said, a goal should scare you a little and excite you a lot. Do yourself a favor and set up a time to chat with Mission Trails Financial. Visit www.missiontrailsfinancial.com or call 619-419-0238 to schedule a call. If you're in the area, they'd love to have you come by the office. You'll be glad you did. We believe that leaning on professionals is how we get ahead. Check out the program notes for more information. All right, Maya has brought a spiccato. Maya, what have you got for us today? I have got here a shoelace. Amazing. Yeah. It's a nice long one. Yeah. I know. I didn't is realize it, it was going to be this long, so it's actually <laughs> quite perfect. Is it, is it elastic or is it not? Uh, it's got a little bit of a stretch, but not too much. Not too much. Yeah. That's okay. the length where I think it'd be annoying to tie your shoes because your knots would be so big. That's oh true. Gosh, the extra big bow. Yeah. 
Is this the Doc Martin lace? It's not. Oh, okay. Those are, those, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to take mine long? off, but. Oh, do you? That's true. Yeah, yeah, you do need different sizes, but the one I happened to find was, was is quite long, actually. Can we pass it around the table? We sure can. So let's go this way. Okay. So what, what are we do? thinking? How can we use a shoelace in music class? In case you're a podcast listener. <laughs> <laughs> So, not for classroom management. <laughs> no. We're not doing that. Oh my gosh, Jonathan. <laughs> I mean, anything happens, Pagato. Anything. Oh, I have an idea. Hmm. Go for it. You, so I have a giant whiteboard, mm-hmm. and that's magnetic, and I have little clips that I can, like, have okay. stuff. And okay. so you put it on the clips, or you clip it, and then you move them up and down. It can be a vocal exploration exercise. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> so I'm just scientifically exploring this thing. You could you could have them hold it next to their ear at different lengths and Ooh, let it go, and you could it, experiment yeah. with how the pitch goes lower sure or higher because it actually has a pretty decent sound when it's right up against your ear. Talk about so nice. Mm-hmm. I, I do a Vapa Lab on Fridays with our gifted kids, and mm-hmm. so we're experimenting with sound and building instruments right now. So that's nice, where my that brain went. So fun. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun. <laughs> They're totally engineering right now and just that's having amazing. a blast. Yeah. Mm. Um, when I was in Seattle, I did see a, uh, musician at the farmer's market with a, it was a bucket base. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Um, it was like a broomstick with a, was it a whole group or was it just, it was two people. Oh, okay. I think there was a bucket base and I, I can't remember the other person. That's legit. Like, did he have an electronic pickup on it? No. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. No. All right. But yeah, it was just like like one long string, so maybe a couple of these and make nice. a bucket base. Yeah. Just thousand. But How one string guitar. It? Well, you know, I was just thinking back to our Orf level three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you gotta speak <laughs> up, John. This kind of no, blew my mind. Yeah, okay, so what was our it? movement instructor Joshua Block had us shout out uh, doing yeah totally shout out woo. Um. So anyway, let me go back to my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, he had us do a bunch of movement, movement exploration activities, um, you know, where we would eventually the gist of it was be the string. Mm-hmm. In this case, be the shoelace. So be the shoelace. Oh, yeah, okay. So twirl it around it. and then everybody has to twirl. twirl. I mean, some people might have to twirl like it. Oh, yeah. So they've got to find a way to do that movement somehow. So you pass it around the circle mm-hmm. and have someone be the leader and manipulate yeah. the string and then everybody copies the string. Yep. Okay. I love that. And you know, really that reminds fun. me of that old Sesame Street doodle sketch. You remember that with the lines like, no extension, make a noise to go with the string. Ah, yeah. Yeah. See, there you go. Love it. <laughs> Otherwise, like I do, you know, sometimes we'll create contour or melodic mm-hmm. contour mm-hmm. or even like pathways with these. Like if it just falls on the ground, you know, move in that mm. direction or something like that. I mean, there's a lot you can do with with, with shoelace mm-hmm. yeah. or string. I mean, in this case, it's a shoelace. It could be string. I like it. Yeah. I have another idea. Uh-oh. Since you stole mine. Sorry. Because, um, you know, I had a patent on that. But yeah, whatever. right out of your brain. <laughs> um, so... Similar, we had a guest um, in our ORF chapter uh, who was who wasn't teaching from an ORF style. It was actually for uh, Doc Cross Eurythmics, mm-hmm. and I'll share that. David Frago. David Frago, yes. But uh-huh. I, I, one of the activities we did was the, using 
something else as a means of tension, mm-hmm. pull and release. And so just having the students interact with the tension, have one child grab one side of the string, another child grab the other, having them experiment as they pull and push to a song that has that kind of tension feeling as well. Yes. Got it. I like it. Yeah. So whatever direction you go, you got to maintain tension mm-hmm. in the shoelace. Also, it helps them with, you know, strength and balancing. Yeah. You could also, if you're having a, like, if you're really struggling with partners in boy and girl, mm-hmm. use the string as like that. There you go. Both awesome. the same string. But yep. rule number six, cooties, cooties don't, don't exist. exist. Well, cooties don't Let me know no. when that starts working in your room because they still roll their eyes at me. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sticking with holding hands is not weird. <laughs> I will not make it weird. I've used that and it's worked. Yeah. Well, cooties don't is, exist. Doesn't cooties work don't work. exist. The weird part is that some kids, like, they don't know what cooties are. Oh. It's kind of like fading out. Mm. Oh, okay. I mean, it is I think the 2020 concept now, John, so. Is, yeah. Cooties. Yeah. It's a thing in the 90s, bro. That's true. Bro. 30 years no, ago. No, it's not 90s, Stop man. It was it. a while back. 30 years ago. Cooties was also my parents. Cool. Okay. Just <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Well done, guys. All right, we do have a round of the week as well. Round of the week. Yes. Maya, what round are we singing? We are going to sing coffee. Oh, wait, it's here. It's right here. It's here. Ooh, yep. Here okay, starting pitch. I don't know what Can I look? Can I look yeah, with you? Okay, cool. Okay. Ready? C-O-F-F-E-E Too much coffee can be bad for you and me Not for children is this famous Turkish drink Makes them hazy and unable then to think If you should try one cup You won't give coffee up Okay. Nailed it. Ooh. Let's try One more again. time. Yes. <laughs> makes them makes them daisy or hazy. We dizzy. have dizzy. Dizzy makes them dizzy. dizzy. And dizzy if dizzy. you should try or buy. Let's try. I, try. I'm at okay, my B. Okay. Cool. One more time. Right. Too much coffee can be bad for you and me. Not for children is this steamy Turkish drink. Makes them dizzy and unable then to think. If you should try one cup, you won't give coffee up. Clearly, we haven't had enough coffee. Yeah, clearly. (laughs) Okay, so how are we splitting? Can we do... um, can I just join this? Whoa. There you this go. And then you guys. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. Can, can we flip it over so Mark can see the words this time? No, it's fine. Okay, you got it? No, I mean, it's going to be terrible, but it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> just read it upside down, read the music upside down. Be positive. Fine. Be positive. It's going to be great. I'm, I'm positive. It's um, going to be terrible. Can we together first time, then can, rounds? Yeah, let's do it together. And then together one more time. Yeah, first, okay. Then together then, one more time, yeah. then, then we split. Okay. Yes. Got it. And then us first? Or you first? You first. You first. You first, then us. Okay. Maya's number yeah. one. My, yeah, Maya's leading here. Maya's All right, everybody one. together. Sure. C-O-F-F-E-E Too much coffee can be bad for you and me Not for children is the steamy Turkish drink Makes them dizzy and unable them to think If you should try one cup You'll not give coffee up 
C-O-F-F-E-E Too much coffee can be bad for you and me Not for children is a steamy Turkish drink Too much coffee can be bad for them to think Not for children is a steamy Turkish drink Makes them dancing in a cup of tea If you should try one cup You'll not give coffee up yeah. Yay! Nice. I think it's time for more coffee. Yeah, yeah. more yeah. coffee. Thanks for listening, you guys. Awesome. Maya, where can people find you, follow you, and get to know you better? Yes. Ooh. Um. Can we put a link in? Yeah. Yes. Google, yeah. Put yeah. your handle yeah. in. So okay. Where can people totally. Follow you? you got a Twitter? I do. Um. Should we do research right now? On-site research. Yeah. Totally. I know. I know you have it on there. Yes. Sorry. So I'm. I'm. I'm really this. trying to get no, onto that social media thing. So while we load this, uh, Zoe, where can we find you on I'm the social medias? At Ms. Kumagai. Ms. Kumagai. I am at Mrs. Predmore or at Finny Vapa. I tweet classroom updates at Finny Vapa. I'm at Mr. Kimer. On both Twitter That's and great. the Instagrams, I am uh, Mr. Seligman. M R S E L I G M A N. And, and you can find Chaotic Harmony mm-hmm. on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. And Facebook. And Facebook. All right. Thank you, John. <laughs> you can find me at Maya Diaz Music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will do much better at posting. And if you're on Twitter and you want to find classroom ideas, uh, we tweet our classroom ideas with the hashtag CVESD Arts in case you want to see what's mm-hmm. up. You'll find art stuff there, too. But um, if, you're, if you're looking for lesson plan ideas. Great idea. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Maya, thank you so much for joining us. Thank Thank you you for having me. Bye. Bye. Until next time. The Chaotic Harmony Podcast is a joint project between Crystal Pridmore, Jonathan Seligman, Zoe Kumagai, and Mark Kamer. You can find us online at chaoticharmonyclassroom.com. You can email us at chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail and let us know what you think. Give us feedback about what you would like to hear in future episodes. We're on all the socials. Find us on facebook.com slash chaoticharmonyclassroom. You can find us on Twitter at chclassroom, Instagram at chaoticharmonyclassroom, and you can even find our episodes on YouTube. Chaotic Harmony is the name of our channel. Special thanks to Brian Pridmore for his help with production and equipment. www.pridmoria.com recording you're gonna Good be perfect like if anyone hears this right. serial killer i think it's gonna be you <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> <Okay>. just, <laughs> not doing yourself any favor just naming it now <laughs> just call it call it 2020 <laughs> 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 all right